everyone loves scrolling through Zillow or looking online for your next home, your dream home or your vacation home. From Zillow to Redfin, we have endless options to find and look for real estate. You would think that's put a cramp in the residential real estate industry. But the reality is that even though it's easier than ever to look at real estate online, it may be harder than ever to buy a house right now. And it's likely the biggest purchase you'll ever make in your life. That's where our guest today, Bono Ansley, comes in, who sold almost a billion dollars in residential real estate between 2021 and 2022, making him one of the top real estate agents in the United States. And the Wall Street Journal named it the number one agent in the team's category for the entire state of Georgia. Today, you'll hear about the state of real estate and housing in the U.S., where prices might go from here, how Bono became one of the most elite agents in the country, and a few of his favorite locales to look out for if you're considering the Southeast. He's a fifth-generation Atlantan, and his book, Brokering Billions, he gives us a unique insight into how anyone who wants to be in the real estate game can end up selling more than they've ever dreamed. Like most people do, I think you'll love Bono and what he has to say about the housing market and his unique entrepreneurial journey that we can all learn from. I'm Wes Moss. The prevailing thought in America is that you'll never have enough money and it's almost impossible to retire early. Actually, I think the opposite is true. For more than 20 years, I've been researching, studying, and advising American families, including those who started late, on how to retire sooner and happier. So my mission with the Retire Sooner podcast is to help a million people retire earlier while enjoying the adventure along the way. I'd love for you to be one of them. Let's get started. But no, Ansley, welcome to the Retire Sooner Podcast. Wes, I'm psyched up to be here. This is a fabulous studio and uh, excited to be talking to you today. You know, I, I we do live in the same city, so I think you're the only the second or third person that, here on the podcast that's from Atlanta. And we've, we have, we've been ships in the night for probably 15 years at least because I think I probably maybe coached one of your kids in lacrosse 10 years ago. I don't think we ever met. And then... I have probably been asked, I'm not not exaggerating, 30 or 40 times, do you know Bono Ansley? And I would the first time I was like, no, I don't, I don't know Bono. And after like the 20th time, do you know you know Bono Ansley, right? No, I don't know Bono Ansley. So I was like, I gotta at least maybe get him on the podcast. Well, it's incredible. I mean, you know, within 10 minutes of being in your office, we're like best buddies. I mean, yeah, well, we do shared, know a lot yeah, of the it's same unbelievable. Guys. It is it is a small city if you've been here a long time. Now, speaking of you, let's go back. Uh, and we're going to talk about real estate uh, here. Uh, you've been in commercial real estate. You've been a home builder. And then you have really in Atlanta, and I w- I'll just say this as a consumer, probably the, one of the best or the best real estate brands from residential real estate in the entire metro Atlanta of 7 million people. So the you were here, you're like fifth generation Atlanta? We've been here since, we've been here a long time. I mean, my family, 1904, did Ansley Park and the Country Club and everything else. And, um, you know, I've, I, Wes, I went to every school in Atlanta. So my network of people uh, is is gigantic. And I, and I told my mom, like when I was six years old, that I wanted to be the top real estate agent in in, the, in, in, in Atlanta. And by doing that, I wanted to go to every school. So <laughs> she didn't really get it till you know, 30 years later, but because uh, I was a, I was a mess in, in, in school, I, I, you know, I'm a C student and it's, uh, 
it's gratifying now to see my teachers and things. Oh, but no, you were the best student. No, no, I wasn't. You know, um, <laughs> only when they want a donation to the current school is probably what it is. Exactly. Okay, so let's. I, I'm so fascinated by the story because I remember when Ansley, uh, the your real estate company started to pop up. And I live in the neighborhood called Ansley, right? So, and then I remember seeing these these signs, these real estate signs, and it was usually really nice houses, and and you you guys were representing that. I, I really want to know that story of when you made the jump to start your own real estate brokerage, because again, in our world, there's 10, 15 different places you can all great real estate firms, how did you go out and start your own or what made you do it? Well, let's go back a little bit to even get me in to start selling real estate, right? Yeah. Um, I was uh, building houses down in Savannah and Bluffton, South Carolina, did a development called Palmetto Bluff, built over a hundred houses there and tragedy struck. You know, my wife was eight months pregnant. We've just built our dream house right on the, you know, Wilmington River in Savannah and our house got struck by lightning. And in a matter of an instant, we lost everything that we owned. And this was back in 2004, and we immediately decided to move to Atlanta to be around what is family. It, but the house caught, caught on fire? It caught on fire. I mean, it, it, it essentially blew up. Like, I got to show you the picture. It's the craziest thing you've ever seen. Now, you guys were not there. We were at dinner, luckily. Um, and uh, phone starts to ring. You know, there was no real cell phone cameras at that time. So we hightailed it back to the house and we get to the house. Well, on the way to the house, we see this black smoke, you know, from the distance. And we're like, God, somebody's life's going to change forever, right? Not knowing that was our house. Your place. So as we get closer, we started to smell the fire and smell the destruction. And then we turn the corner and see our house in total flames. And you know, at it, it, that moment, right, because in life, like, there's a series of curves, right? You're at the bottom of the curve, and, and everything's awful, and you can't do anything right. And sometimes you're at the top of the curve, and you can't do any wrong. But these curves in life is what molds your life and figures out, you know, what direction you're going to go and how you're going to get mm -hmm. there. So I was on the top of the curve before dinner, mm -hmm. right? I was at the bottom of the curve an hour later when we turned the corner and see our house and see everything that we owned. And a year and a half of hard work building the house and the nursery where my new baby was about to be born was going to go to. And everything was just in flames. And the only thing that we had was the car that we were in. Everything else just completely um, was gone. So at that moment, Wes, we decided, uh, you know, we're going to move to Atlanta. We're going to have a baby. We're, we rented a house. We started to put our life back together. So you, were, you had planned on being in, in, Savannah, being forever, in Savannah, right? That was your home. And what would my trajectory been at that point? I don't know, mm -hmm. right? But things were great, right? But we made a pivot during that house fire uh, time frame and moved to Atlanta. And, um, you know, we started to put our piece back, our life back together. We'd buy a toothbrush, we'd buy deodorant, we'd buy underwear, we'd buy clothes. Like a total restart. Every, total yeah. restart. Total, yeah. From a new city to a new job, new career. And, and, and then at that moment, I partnered with some uh, great guys, and we uh, decided to develop a large 23-home um, development called Regents Park uh, in mm -hmm. the middle of on Peachtree Road. And it was the best development you've ever seen. We hired the best architect and the best contractor. It was the best piece of location. And everything was going great. I was back on top of the top of the curve. This was like 0405. 0405. Yeah. We finished it, Wes, in mm -hmm. 2008. 
right? So that brought me back to the bottom of the curve because the market compl completely crashed on us right when we were starting to sell these this amazing development. And at that time, um, I had to pivot again at the bottom of the curve. And I said, golly, what am I good at? What do I like? I said, I like people. I like putting deals together. Um, and 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 so we ended up selling that development for pennies on the dollar. But the guy that bought it said, but no, I'm only going to buy this if you sell these townhomes for me because you know these townhomes better than anybody. You build them. I've built on, you've wow. been on site and everything else. So I was like, golly, I want to be, I'm going to be a real estate agent. You know, this was in uh, 2009. So um, at that moment, uh, again, kind of bottom of the curve, I got into being a real estate agent, right? And, and, and in today's world, there's 26,000 real estate agents in Atlanta. Oh, but just in Atlanta. Just I thought you were going to say in the U.S. No, there's probably in, a in million Atlanta. and a half in the U.S., yeah, but yeah. there's 26,000 plus uh, today in Atlanta. And my mindset was, well, if I'm going to be a real estate agent, I'm going to be the best damn real estate agent that you've ever seen in Atlanta. And I started to wear uh, my branding and what I did, like it was a tattoo on my forehead that said, I sell real estate. So everywhere I went, when I'd go see a valet guy, I'd give the valet guy $100, I'd say, the next five Mercedes that come in here, make sure my brochure and my business card's in their passenger seat. <laughs> you know, the guy that's cutting my hair, man, anybody that mentions the word that they're moving or they're going to sell their house, make sure you tell them about your buddy, Bono. Yeah. you know, and I just made a point and, and, and it was an absolute obsession that everywhere I went, real estate was on my mind and I was going to be the best real estate agent that's ever come through Atlanta. And in the first year in 2009, now, Granted, it was a bad year for Yeah, that was estate. still a tough, that it was, was a really tough, tough year. But I ended up being the number one real estate agent in Atlanta my first year in the business. And well, what firm did you do it through? Or did I you did start through, your... No, I, I did it through Harry Norman. Yeah, Harry Norman, sure. The, the old existing yeah. fabulous company here sure. in Atlanta. And um, I called my friend Lewis Glenn uh, and said, Lewis, you know, I'm kind of down on my luck. I'm going to be a real estate agent. Will you hold my license? And he said, sure, come on over. Um, and I remember sitting with the marketing gal who now works for me named Julie Harris. I said, Julie, you know, I'm going to be a real estate agent, but I'm going to do things a little bit differently. And I, I've always done things differently because I, I, I'm dyslexic, right? So I don't see the world the way everybody sees things. I don't see problems the way people see things. And um, I came at it at a completely different angle. Um, and that was just marketing. marketing yeah, what was so different? What do you think it was so different about You know, about when it? somebody sends a postcard out that's three by five and says just listed, you know, I would send something that was, you know, eight by 10 that yeah. says, I'm the best guy that's ever come through this city to sell real I mean, I would just <laughs> obnoxiously, you know, and, and instead of sending, you know, 100 postcards, I'd send 5,000, you know, and I would just, you know, took it to another level yeah. relative to how am I going to get in this business and how am I going to be on the top as quick as I can. And just like a football coach, Wes, that you know, Kirby Smart's friend of mine, he, he wins a national championship. For those outside of Atlanta, that's the Bulldog two-time national championship coach here at UGA. And, and, and so he finishes a national championship his first year, right? And the season's over. And what, 15, 20 guys go pro. Uh, everybody else is trying to recruit his coaches away. He's starting the, the year next year at zero. Zero yeah. wins, new players. He's got a break everything again and start over, right? And it's the same thing with real estate, right? You could have a fabulous year and have a career best, but January 1, you're starting with zero houses sold, right? Mm -hmm. So I've always made it a point to completely change everything I do every single year. You never get static. 
I, even to a point of making sure that my habits are on par with what my dreams are and my goals are for the future, right? So I set lofty, lofty goals on the front end, and it's completely different. And I, because if I did the same thing that I did the year prior, I was going to have the same results. So I would break everything that I did. Oh, wait, hold on. So end. you did Harry Norman for what? How long? I did that for, you know, till 2015, in mm-hmm. which I started my business called Ansley Atlanta. And um, I, Bought a little building, moved in there with about five or six agents, uh, and we started Ansley Atlanta Real Estate. And you know now we've got over ten offices with over four hundred agents. We'll uh, last year we did well over three billion in in sales, and um, and 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 since then we keep. Uh, changing everything we do as a company, just like I did as a team. So it's 25, this is amazing because it feels like, as I've known your real estate company, for it seems like a very long period of time, but it's really only been 2015. So it's only been eight years or so. That's right. Um, and so and so you started your own brokerage and then you started recruiting other, other agents. agents and you grew, now you're at 400. Yeah, we're 400 so. plus. And, and what we did or is, is I... I I developed a platform that I wanted to work under as an agent, right? Because not only have I been CEO of our company for however many years, I've also been an agent working with under the, the company, yeah, under the platform which I created. And I wanted to create something that was different than anything Atlanta's ever seen relative to training and um, and how we uh, worked with other agents. So people like that, and agents wanted to be part of that, right? And um, and and it was it was based around marketing and collaboration and, and, and things that, that other companies just didn't do. And, and, and that resonated with, with, with the Atlanta vibe. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and since then we've been super successful. And what is the partnership with Christie's now? Well, what's cool about that is, um, I ended up partnering, uh, with some other guys and we actually bought, uh, Christie's international real estate. Um, there was Christie's, uh, the auction house in Christie's International Real Estate, and we bought we bought that brand at the end of 2021. So now we've got 140 affiliates across the world. We're we're all over the place. I mean, from Costa Rica. You guys bought we Christie's. bought it. So no so kidding. at that point, you know, we were able to turn um, our business. Ansley Atlanta turned into Ansley Real Estate just because we kind of outgrew mm-hmm. Atlanta with being at Blue Ridge and Lake Oconee and uh, the lakes, Rabin and Burton and down in St. Simon Seattle. We kind of outgrew the Atlanta name. So we turned into Ansley Real Estate. And then fast forward when we bought Christie's International Real Estate, we were able to now be Ansley Christie's International Real Estate, which so is now, now, more, now you've got a global, really a global, a global footprint. footprint. So for our clients, Wes, we're really able to um, uh, market their properties hyper locally, but also internationally to all of our affiliates across the world, which gives us such a competitive advantage. But you know, the one thing I think, and this is from an outsider, not in the real estate business, I think, and I think you could maybe ask the same question to financial advisors and the, how much the world has changed, how much technology has assisted uh, the public to be able to go invest in, in, on their own. I think about when Zillow started. So my uh, one question I have for you is with the advent of Zillow, let's say it was 2004 and then it got popular by 2010 and here we are, I've got my Zillow app and it bings me every time I can uh, look for a place where I'm trying to buy a place somewhere try, or at least looking, it's fun to look. You the Real estate business, the residential real estate business has still totally thrived or at least your company has. 
despite or regardless of all of the other, maybe you would call it a do, a do it yourself. If you're, you're looking for a place, you've got four or five different websites or apps that can show you a house or help you find a house. It's on alert. But, but the real estate industry has still thrived throughout all of that. I remember 10 years ago thinking or hearing, oh, all these other applications like Redfin are going to make it really hard to be a real estate agent. Has, has that not really happened? There's nothing like having a trusted advisor. Having that perspective of somebody that's been doing the business for 20, 25 years, it's the biggest purchase of somebody's life. And to buy it on an app or to buy it, you know, the, the way that some that some can buy now you know, doesn't work for a lot of people. And most of the people and and, and the price points we're working in need somebody that knows how to inspect a house properly, price a house properly, get the top dollar for a house by using social media and other avenues to really show what kind of property that is, all that stuff. The S&P 500 fell nearly 20% in 2022. Inflation jumped to double digits. And the Fed has continued to relentlessly raise interest rates. It feels like chaos. But at Capital Investment Advisors, we take a disciplined approach to investing to help our clients find happiness in retirement, regardless of the scary headlines. We can't control the chaos, but we can control what we do about it. If you'd like help with your disciplined retirement strategy, reach out to our team at yourwealth.com. That's Y-O-U-R-Wealth.com. Okay, so yeah, and you guys though, from a marketing perspective, and it is funny, I I did, I, I took a photo of the latest Ansley Christie's real estate edition that comes, and it's still unmatched. I mean, no, nobody nobody does anything like it. But it is, it's almost like I, I want to keep it around just because it looks good. It's like a, a giant coffee table size. I appreciate awesome. that. Right. Uh, and we spend a ton of money on that. I mean, like, but but that money comes back tenfold, right? I mean, it really does. I want to get to today, and I pulled all these Atlanta real estate numbers. I, I love Atlanta real estate because as an economy, I always think of Atlanta as it's such a diversified economy relative to a lot of other cities. So I think of like in Texas, you're, you're, it's a lot of oil money and in, in New York, it's finance and West coast. It's very tech heavy Atlanta. We really do have a diverse economy. So I think as kind of as Atlanta goes, so does the rest of the nation on average. So I want to ask about the current real estate market, the woes that we hear about and we, we are very real around mortgage rates, much higher. It's, it's more expensive to buy a new house. I've got an interesting chart here that somebody sent me on the, the dispersion of active primary mortgages by interest rate, which essentially shows that the, the most common interest rate right now currently held is 8 million people in the United States have an interest rate of between two, seven, five and three. Yep. They ain't moving. They're not moving. Right? Which makes, unless and again. They, unless they have to. Unless they have to. And so there'll be a few of those people, but by and large, that makes it for a tighter supply. But we'll, we'll get to that. I, so I want to talk about current real estate. Let's go back to COVID. So it's 2020, world shuts down. There's a period of time where I thought nobody's going to buy anything. And you probably had a slow month or two and then just absolutely your business probably just absolutely took off. Wes, it was just absolutely insane. Like, uh, I don't know, March, April, maybe a little bit of May. Was slow. Slow. We couldn't even show houses, right? right? And and we couldn't go into the office. We couldn't do anything. We didn't know what to do. Nobody did, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, we had this 
mass migration, right? Mm -hmm. Where people were doing business a different way. They were doing it on this thing called Zoom. Um, they could do business on the beach. They could do business at the lake. They could do business anywhere they wanted. And they needed a home office. They, it just, the amount of transactions we had, it, you know, through that 2020, 2021, I mean, I, I probably lost a few years of my life because I was working so So hard. busy, yeah. So busy. 2022 was absolutely incredible until it wasn't, right? When interest rates started to rise and they rose- this is last year. You're last, talking about- Last yeah. year in the fall, interest rates started to rise and they, they, they rose at a such a- such a fast clip that September, October, November, December last year, nobody was doing anything because they just didn't know what was going on. And then, you know, come to this year, 2023, around February, people said, okay, this is the new normal, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, I'm still moving for a job. I still want to move because that COVID migration is still happening. I think it's still going to happen. And the states that are in this Sunbelt area- Georgia, Florida, Alabama, it, our markets are still thriving and um, we don't have much inventory. So the prices are staying stable. They're actually still rising in some areas because there's no inventory. Um, and when people want to move, they, they want to move. Tell me about your, maybe just your take on the, I think of it as this geographic unlocking, right? We went from really having to be close to home, close to work to work from anywhere and the, 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 the value of a home that was, let's say a home that didn't have, it had less value because it was away from a metro, all of a sudden played catch up really quickly if you were in a job, which a lot of people are that can work from home. Did you see, so lake prices, just smaller towns, smaller cities, they maybe if they caught up with metros or and and you don't think they're going down in price. What, well, what do you I think don't about? think that the 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 places that are really, you know, geographically you can't go anymore. Sullivan's Island, South Carolina, right? There's only a finite number of homes on that island, right? That place has doubled or tripled in value, in value. since 2020. Mm -hmm. Sea Island, Georgia, St. Simons, Georgia. Cashers, North Carolina. These are all kind of places close to Atlanta. The mountains, yeah. The mountains. Cashers, yeah. You know, but because there's only, you know, six, 700 homes on Sea Island, like during that time, there was uber amounts of transactions. Mm -hmm. All the people that wanted to sell got out. Got out. The houses that were for, for sale for 600 days and 500 days. All of days, a sudden, all they're cleared all gone, out. Yeah. And immediately those have doubled, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't see that coming back down. Now, prices, the, the appreciation, though, likely have sl has slowed dramatically, even in these I, I, destination I, places. Yeah, they haven't gone down. Um, right. and, and in some cases, they're still going up because there's just one or two houses for sale in these certain areas. And there's still people moving there, right? The, the, the COVID migration is still happening. So you're still seeing that oh, to this 100 day. 100% we are. One question I get a lot from the families that we work with uh, that that have not, I will say that it's pretty easy to feel like you miss the boat on some place in another destination. Whether you want to go to the beach or a lake or a mountain or near the coast, we're talking about Sully's Island, the the prices have gone up so dramatically, and now interest rates are higher. So right. if you're bar if you're borrowing to to buy or part of a house, it's or you've got 
payments are dramatically higher. Well, it's, Wes, it's almost costing you twice as much per month, right? I mean, oh. the, the the average American, you know, is in an interest rate between. 2.75 to maybe three and a half percent, right? I don't know how many is 80% of the Americans have that interest rate or something if they're diligent about refinancing. And, you know, currently we're at six, six and a half percent or higher, right? So that cost on a monthly payment has pretty much doubled. Yeah, it's dramatic. Okay, let's say, and this is frustrations I'll hear from clients that they've wanted to buy someplace and then they feel like they missed, and now they can't find anything. In general, if you're looking for a place, a second home, vacation home, what do you need to do? Is it just you need to be patient? Do you need to have an agent that's got a really watchful eye in these places without yeah, a whole you, lot of inventory? You, you can't wait for it to pop up on your Zillow app, right? Because there's this inventory that hadn't hit the market that's controlled by the real estate agent community, right? Yeah. So if you want to move to Miami, Jacksonville, Amelia Island, you know, wherever you want to go, the best thing to do is to hire a trusted advisor and say, and, and also to get pre-qualified, right? So get all your financing in line. So when it's time to bid on a house, it's not contingent on financing. You've already got that put aside. How many deals or what percentage, and I'm sure this is different every every city, but how often is a deal done before something goes on the the public record of call it a Zillow. Yeah, I mean, I would say in Atlanta, you know, call it with homes over a million dollars, you know, I would say it's at least 20 plus percent that's going to sell. Before uh, it even before really gets it listed. Hits, hits the market. Yeah. I, I got to say, you know, in April and um, so far this May, most everything that we put on the market has sold usually with multiple offers within two or three days still still now look as i mentioned in 2022 in the fall nothing was happening right mm -hmm. january was slow in 2023 but the new normal of people saying hey historically ah, six percent load not that too bad. bad it's almost like we got we this this painful sticker shock the world kind of got used to it it took about six months and then we're back to the way it kind of used to be. But again, transactions are lower. Right? They are. Didn't we, we had what? We were at 6 million something nationally down to four, around 4 million. And now we're kind of staying at that newer plateau for a yeah, little. And there's so many more buyers currently than, than there are homes for them to buy. Right. So that's keeping the prices where Pretty they elevated, should be. Yeah. You know, and I think that re residential real estate's in a good spot. I can't say the same about commercial at this moment, right? With because it's so dependent on um, on 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 interest rates and things like that. But you know, we led the recession. Residential real estate did in two thousand eight, right? Atlanta, it, yeah, Atlanta, it, it, in Atlanta, and everywhere else, right? That led this big recession with bad loans and foreclosures and all this sort of stuff. With what's been enacted uh, to get a loan between. 2008 and now, right? So it was a lot harder and a lot more stringent. So the the houses are in good shape and there's not mm -hmm. much inventory. So I think that residential real estate, especially in Atlanta, Georgia and surrounding areas are, are going to weather pretty good, even if we do dip into a recession. Yeah. You really, the whole Sunbelt. Pro this whole Sunbelt. Absolutely. Yeah. So going back to knowing an agent, so your agents, as an example, have should have a real beat on what's happening in their particular niche area and that's how 
they're they're going to be watching out for what's coming on the market. I guess that's the other thing is is knowing people that are about to sell. Yeah, they're hyper local. I mean, you know, a good agent knows who lives where in a specific neighborhood and who's thinking about what and gets ahead of it before, um, you know, for, for their clients to, to, to get a beat on a house, yeah. you know, and um, it's highly competitive out there. And mm-hmm. um, that's how, that's one reason why we've been able to kind of stay on top. Yeah, it is funny. Now that I think back over the years of agents that I've worked with, they are good about asking life questions that are going to lead to a real estate transaction. Right. Where are the kids going to school next year? Are they changing schools? When it, and and I now I know what they're doing. They're wait, wait, do you they're, need they're more tra- space? They're trained well. Are you having another kid? Okay, your house is getting a little tight. For you're going to have a fourth kid. You're going to need a little more space. That's right. I'm going to start looking for you right now. And those conversations have led to some real some some actual some housing changes over the years. Um, so. Well, tell me about the, the international. I, I love the idea. I can't believe you bought this. You brought the Christie's International brand. And that gives you access to what? And you did you bring on more agents or how does that well, work? Well, so, so the Christie's International real estate brand that I'm just a partner in mm-hmm. um, has been wonderful for information, right? So we can understand trends across the world now. And we're, we're, we got data from all of our different affiliates and, um, and also we have a great network to share best practices with other agents, you know, and that's been a wonderful thing to have for our agents in Atlanta to be able to brainstorm with agents in Chicago or New York. Or and these, the are Christie's, Christie's these are agents? Christie's agents. Uh-huh. And the way Christie's works is, you know, just like us, Ansley, an independent company with no ties to anything else, by having a Christie's and being a Christie's affiliate for our region um, just gives us, you know, that much more knowledge and, um, and, and brand awareness. And if there's another, you know, uh, Moss Realty and Jackson Hole that's independent, right? And mm-hmm. you wanted to have bigger exposure for your agents and, and maybe share the technology that Christie's has, right? You can sign up to be a Christie's affiliate, right? And we only have you know, one affiliate in certain geographical areas. Okay. I think about the state of real estate, probably having an agent today over the next, probably for a while. I think about all those mortgages, millions of Americans have low rate mortgages that they kind of want to stay more than they maybe would have otherwise with a, they've got a two and a half percent mortgage today at six and a half. It's harder. It's, it's tough to leave that mortgage behind. I guess the question then it seems as though an agent that knows your market today is maybe more important than it's ever really been. I could not agree more, right? Because, yeah. you know, being an agent, you're also sometimes a psychiatrist, right? You know, so where, where do you want to go? <laughs> How do you want to get there? You know, uh, your kids are going off to college. How often are they going to come back? Uh, you know, when are you going to retire? I mean, all these big life questions that you can extract from your clients will help you make the best decisions for them and even get them thinking more in the future for what they really, really want to do. For instance, I had one client uh, whose kid was graduating, uh, you know, next week from, from high school. And this was their fourth kid and it was their last kid. It's a lot of kids. And he was retiring. And, you know, we met with him last year and I said, Oh, what's, what's the big picture? Well, I want to be in Florida, but you know, I want to build a house down there, but I got to wait till, you know, so-and-so graduates. Well, what we did was, is we sold his house last year. 
He used that equity, went ahead and bought a house in Florida, started construction. I put him in a great rental house for his daughter's senior year. She's graduating next week, and they're going to move in a month to their new house in Florida. Speaking of rental, but now what's the market look like today for people looking to buy a rental property? It's probably pretty expensive with mm-hmm. the debt, yep. you know, and buying rental property when you could finance that rental property for, you know, sub 3%, you know, the numbers were a lot more attractive. Um, but good real estate is good real estate, right? And if you can buy good real estate, you can always refinance out, right? And what a lot of the experts are saying that rates might go down in the next 12 months. And, you know, uh, it's always an opportunity to refinance out. By the way, I have a, a client that had a couple, two, I guess two, it was two hedge funds that are private equity funds or hedge funds that were really active in, in, in a particular market, let's just say. And they were doing uh, 80, 100 homes a month. And as soon as rates went up, it, ju- it didn't trickle lower. It wasn't like they went from 80 to 50 down to 20. It just, just stopped. So to your point, as rates went up, that outside institutional buyer of residential real estate, have you seen any of that? Or is that totally dead from what you've seen? Well, I, I'd say it's really, really slowed down, mm-hmm. right? Um, I don't focus and play in that space too much, right? I stick to what I, what I know, and that's selling houses. Um, but, uh, I, th- I think that has slowed down. I want to talk a little bit about your book, Brokering Billions. Yes. Because you really have, I mean, didn't you sell something like almost a billion uh, over in, in a year? Was it I, 920 yeah, million in a yeah. year? In, in 2021 and 2022. Yeah. Personally sold right under a billion That's dollars. just you, yeah. not, not the whole company. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's, pretty, that's a lot. <laughs> well, I, you know, what, what I've do and, and to sell that much property, right? You can't be everywhere and be everything to everybody. And um, and this is what the book's about, right? I know what my liabilities are. And in the book, what do you mean by that? You're well, using- so so what I mean by that is is in a normal transaction, I will probably do twenty percent of what needs to be done in that house sale pro- process. But that twenty percent is the most important part of that process. And I'm really, really good at that 20%. What I'm not good at, because as I mentioned, I'm dyslexic and don't read well and I have a terrible attention span, I'm ADD, is the contracts, the marketing, meeting the appraise, all this other stuff that goes into it. So for my team, I've been able to backfill in all those different spaces on the team to people where, where I might be a, five out of 10 on, on, on this specific task, I'll hire somebody that's a 10 out of 10 for that mm-hmm. task. So I've got a super team that is ex- excellent in every single aspect of what happens. And I've got a team of probably six or seven people that help me sell as many houses as I sell. And I do the same when I started our business, right? I can't mm-hmm. do everything relative to the business. I mean, there's so many different things, human resources and you know all these type of things. I've been able to backfill and hire the best people to do specific tasks and they just have the responsibility to do that job and I leave them completely alone and I only focus on what I am exceptionally good at. What is your exceptionally good part? Well, I think that I'm a great connector. I think that I'm really good at understanding what you really want to do, you know, and be able to, you know, 
with clarity help identify where's the best thing for West Moss to go by and what's the best time to do that and what the big strategic plan to get that process done. That's what I'm really, really good at. I'm also good at finding the right people to do specific things for our business on your team on my team and in the business how many folks by the way are so hundreds of agents how many people does it take to run the business of ansley yeah we've probably got you know 35 40 plus that are that work for the company proper the company. that are not even that are not graphic agents. designers yeah. marketing human resources do you do all of that in in-house or sure do that's yeah. all you guys yeah yeah we do it's if it's, our it's audience could see the the latest version it's they've been really good for a long time what i've gotten in the mail and I know you're you're mailing to me not because you're on the podcast, but because I'm in Atlanta. Well, my first it, meeting it's been good for a long time. My first yeah. meeting in 2009, when I joined a firm to be a residential real estate agent, I met the marketing director of that specific office. Mm-hmm. And I, as I mentioned, I told that person, "Hey, I'm going to do big things in real estate. And I need your help. I need you to help me market everything." When I started my business, I made sure that she came along, and her name's Julie Harris, and she is uh, the best brain uh, in, in, I've ever seen for branding and marketing, and she's been with me. Um, uh, she started a year after I started my business, and she's the impetus of everything we do on the marketing side, right? And it's been really, really great. And that's what's, that has been a really big differentiator for you guys. It has. part of it. Yeah, yeah it, it, it has. And... Um, I think you asked me about the book. Yeah, what else about the book? Well, the big thing about the book is um, the big point that I try to make in the book is how do you make your perceived liabilities and turn those into your greatest assets? So think about that for a minute. So you're saying you're good at this 20%. You're talking about the other 80 that you're not as... Even bigger than that, right? So for my first 20 years of life, I didn't fit in a standard box in school. I was way outside the box. My learning came outside the school and my perceived liabilities is being ADD, mm-hmm. which means I'm all over the place. I'm thinking about a thousand different things. I can't concentrate on one thing and being dyslexic. And over time in the business world, I've been able to channel that to turn my ADD into being able to hyper-focus on something and obsess on something. And I've turned my dyslexia, which was really hard in school, to turn that into a big advantage when I'm doing marketing and when I'm doing things to think completely different than maybe one of my competitors was. And in the book, I talk a lot about how to use those things. And, and you know, people are born too short or too tall or with red hair, right? And whatever, everybody's got something that they're dealing with. And if there's a way to turn that and turn that into a to positive a for your life, it's it's phenomenal. By it changes the way, everything. with dyslexia, what it, how, are you able to describe it to somebody who doesn't have it? Like, what is it? Yeah, it's so, interesting that you say you see things kind of just in a very different way, right? Yeah, so like reading. Like, I, I reading is very troublesome for me, right? Um, I can articulate what I want to say very well spoken. Mm-hmm. Um, just tough with writing. Well, writing's okay too, but I'll in, in, a, in a typical sentence, I'll misspell three words. And it's okay. So for me to write a best-selling book, yeah, because your like, book has sold actually yeah, really it's a well. Wall Street Journal's yeah, best-selling book, sold really well. but it's crazy because you know. Well, but no, how am I going to read your book? I know you're well. Well, it's all my <laughs> thoughts, right? And then we've got somebody to polish it up and make sure that you know there's no spelling errors or anything like that. 
And, um, and that's been pretty cool with the book. And also the book talks about, you know, when I talked about the curves up and down and how to, when you're in the bottom of the curve, that's okay. You know, uh, drive through that curve because you never know what's going to be on the other side. And in all the bottom times in my life, it's always got me to pivot and do something else, which is always keep me in a, going in a higher trajectory, right? So that's been interesting. A couple of things. One, you know real estate like no one else, let's say, in, in Atlanta and around the Southeast. What are some of your favorite places? Just straight up places you actually just love. If you could... Well, if I could afford it, I'd love to be in Palm Beach. I Palm mean, Beach. Uh, and, and that market is just so tight, so nice. The food's mm-hmm. great. The water's great. The weather's great. Um, it, 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 you know, the, the issue is the, I mean. Super expensive. It's just un- yeah, u- uber expensive. We're going, no, money's no object. Money's here. no we're, we're object. Just, we're just yeah. dreaming of places that, that, that listeners want to go one day if money were no object. So Palm Beach, by the way, the breakers down there. That's a, unbelievable. It's a, unbelievable. Yeah, going to Bukan down there, the restaurant. It's, it's, it's so good. thing's great. You know, and, and listeners, Sea Island, Georgia, staying at the Cloister, um, you know. It's what, magical. You know, that I went there for my honeymoon. You know, I now stayed, you have a place near. I've got right a place there. there, and you know, it's interesting enough. My great grandfather had a place on Fourteenth Street at Sea Island. Yeah, and then my grandmother had that. My dad had a place at Sea Island, and now, you know, through the grace of hard work, I've I've got a place there. And um, and and when I go through the gates there, it's 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 a magical experience. How about favorite lake in the southeast? You know, um, Lake Glenville. Lake Glenville is a, is, is I don't a, know. I don't really Lake know. Glenville's Glenville. in Cashers, North Carolina. It's kind of between um, Highlands and Cashers. That's a wonderful lake. Uh, we've got a lot of clients that have houses at Lake Rabin, Lake mm-hmm. Burton. Um, I've got a good friend building a new house on Lake Oconee. Um, mm-hmm. Just depending on where you are, like Lake Oconee is probably an hour and 15 minutes away from, from Atlanta, Atlanta yeah. right? You can, you know, get there very, very easily. Um, Rabin and Burton are probably two hours away. Glenville is probably closer to three. What's the water? So Burton and Rabin, the, the water is wonderfully it's, it's, water. It's right? great. It's, what about Glenville? What, what's the water like there? It's a little colder from, you know, gets mountains. fed from mountain streams and uh, really, really clean and get good mountain views. You don't have as good of, um, you know, boathouses as, as you do on Rabin and Burton, mm-hmm. right? But um, it's, a, it's a phenomenal, phenomenal lake. How about mountain? Where would you go if you, where, where do people want to go if they can afford any mountain community? If you can afford anywhere. I mean, look, Aspen's not too bad, right? Yeah. I would take Park. I love Park, Park City. City too. Yeah. Jackson Hole's a wonderful yeah. place to go. How um, about in the Southeast? What were, if you call you can count these you as know, mountains. Um, we are opening, uh, this is going to be new news coming okay, out. Breaking news on breaking the Retire Sooner podcast. Breaking news, guys. Marissa, I need a sounder on this. Boom, boom. We're opening up a Christie's office in Highlands, Cashers, North Carolina, North Carolina. And we'll be open in the next 60 days for the summer. So we're really, really excited about that. And you heard it first here, Wes. Inventory, same challenges though, right? Inventory, are there people, are there, there, there's some movement you know, there? there? There's a lot of movement, you know, and, and again, it goes back to that COVID migration, right? People from Atlanta are saying, man, I, you know, two, two hours and a half away from Atlanta, I can go work in, you know, Highlands or Cashers, you know, and still, still do my job just, just as good. I always think, who's selling, right? When you see these great places, you're like, who's selling? Is it mostly just because, are these mostly life events that that people almost, 
or they're, they're having to move or because you don't see a lot of moving in these second homes because they're. Yeah. I mean, look, people will, will be at, um, you know, 30A for 10 years and then, and then say, we want something different go to Sea Island or, um, people in Cashers Highlands might, you know, trade up or trade down depending on, you know, where they are in life. And, um, you know, we, uh, I've been in multiple different places and it's fun for a few years just to trade up or trade, trade down. Up. Yeah. And, just to do something yeah, different. Yeah. Totally. What about out West? How many, or, and, or what, what about out West? Any of the places, you, what are your favorite spots? You know, I love Sun Valley. Mm, I've never been there, but I know of a lot of families at yeah. our school go out there. Sun Valley's great. Um, Deer Valley. Deer Valley. Yeah. Park City, Deer Park Valley. City, um, Beautiful. You know, they're, 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 out West is, uh, there, there's a lot of places to explore out there. How about Midwest? Do you ever do, have you ever done any Michigan or have you spent any time? We're going to go Michigan? to Michigan this summer. We haven't yeah. spent a lot of time up there. My daughter rides horses and there's a big horse show in Michigan we're going to. So yeah. Where, do, you, do you know what town it's in? I don't. Okay. I don't. I just know that um, I'll be there for three days. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, it's, it is beautiful. It's a, I think of Michigan as the most underrated state in the nation. And I think it's because in the summer, yes, you can go there and it's gorgeous. But in the winter, it's it doesn't have real mountains. So it's not like going to Colorado. It's not like going to Utah or Wyoming. But in the summer, I think it is unmatched. My Lynn is from Michigan. Oh, cool. So the first 16 years of our marriage, we went to a place called... Holland, Michigan, and it's it's pretty nice. And then we started to drive up the coast of Michigan, uh, and I, I fell in love with Lake Michigan. So I they, I do I've been going up to Michigan now for almost twenty years. So that's we're going to be up there for a while. That's so I'll awesome. be doing some retire sooner podcasts from northern Michigan, where the where the water looks like the Caribbean. That's amazing. And nope, but nope, still Nobody not a whole it. lot yeah. of people know yeah. that. It's, it's not easy to get to, right? I mean, the place we go to, fly to Traverse City, if you're lucky to get a direct flight, which is pretty rare, and then drive another two hours. So it's a long way. All right, so what is next? Because you're not, I, knowing you and knowing now, sitting down with you now for a little while, you are super entrepreneurial. You're always looking for something to be better. So you're, you're kind of tearing up the script every year so you can have an even better year. What do you think is next for the next couple years? You know, writing this book and, and doing um, our podcast called Brokering Billions, where we um, interview the top agents across the world, I am really enjoying putting that out there because mm-hmm. I am getting great emails and great calls saying, golly, this was a great podcast I learned. And, and, and they're mostly from real estate agents, right? Because our podcast is t- targeted for entrepreneurs and real estate agents to-, to Was it you have a, over a million person audience? Yeah, 100%. And, um, and, and we're giving them the tools and, 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 and strategies so they can make more money and have a better life. And to me, that's incredibly satisfying. So I'm really, really enjoying that right now. And- um, and also, we're we're kind of just getting started growing Ansley Real Estate, right? I mean, we want to be all over Georgia, and um, and we want to continue to attract the the top talent of agents. So uh, uh, that's what that's what we're really focused on. I think about folks that transition, and you transition mid career. It's not like you started when you were twenty as an, a real estate agent. Uh, what would be your advice, but no, somebody getting into the business? In 2023, you know, this is hard to say, but um, if, if if you can figure out a way to not worry about the money, 
and follow your passion. I, I think this is good for any career, frankly, Wes. Um, you got to do something that you love so it doesn't feel like work. And if you do it, you and you do it well, the money will follow, right? And and lucky for me, I was able to marry my passion with my skill set. And um and there, and I've never really thought about making money. It's just mm-hmm. been able to happen because I've been able to be pretty good at it. And um so for those folks out there that are listening that are maybe going to change careers or whatever, make sure you like what you're going to jump into doing, mm-hmm. right? I would have been a horrible lawyer, right? Mm-hmm. Or Hey, me too. Accountant, or or frankly, I would have been horrible at anything other than what I'm doing. Um, I just luckily fell into the correct real estate path for me, um, and uh, and that's how I've been successful. I think what you just said uh, is a really. It's first of all, it's any career advice. I think it's important career advice, but it's not impossible. I've people ask me a fair amount about getting into real estate. And I always think, gosh, it's it's hard. There's a lot of competition. You're starting from scratch, but your message is that it can absolutely happen. But only if you kind of, only if you love it. If you love it and you're, if you love it, you're going to be good at it. If you're serious about it. Right. And if you're able to wait for the money to come, it will come. You just got to be, you got to live it. And I, you know, when I started in this business, I mean, there wasn't much work, work-life balance for me. I was totally obsessed to get to a certain point, and now I'm able to live a little bit easier now that I've put the time in up front. We'll wrap here on Atlanta real estate market slash Southeast. Rates are higher. People have gotten used to them a little bit. Still more expensive. What is your kind of your outlook and advice for either buyers or sellers over the over the call it the next year or so. Well, I'll say this, Atlanta's still an amazing place no from a from from a cost of living standpoint, we're still an amazing buy right now, right? Relative to other cities, sophisticated cities and golly, Atlanta has amazing uh, technology hub. We're still bringing in a ton of business. We're still growing. Um, it's a great place to do business and it's a great place to have a company. Yeah. And a and a great place to raise a family. Oh, 100%. Yeah. But no, Ansley. Uh, thanks, man. Thanks Had for being a blast, here. Wes. Thank awesome. you so much. What a show. Thank yeah. you very much. Hey, y'all. This is Mallory with the Retire Sooner team. Please be sure to rate and subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend. If you have any questions, you can find us at westmoss.com. That's W-E-S-M-O-S-S.com. You can also follow us on Instagram and YouTube. You'll find us under the handle Retire Sooner Podcast. And now for our show's disclosure. This podcast is provided to you as a resource for informational purposes only and is not to be viewed as investment advice or recommendations. This information is being presented without consideration of the investment objectives, risk tolerance, or financial circumstances of any specific investor and might not be suitable for all investors. It is not intended to and should not form a primary basis for any investment decision that you may make. Always consult your own legal, tax, or investment advisor before making any investment or financial planning considerations. Please refer to the full disclosure in the podcast description for any additional information.